1: Today is Wednesday, July 8th, 2020. On this day in 1898, the Wild West's most notorious con man, Jefferson Randolph, or Soapy Smith, was killed in a shootout in Skagway, Alaska. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Carter Roy. Parcast listeners might recognize Carter from a few Parcast shows, including one we host together, Famous Fates, and Parcast's first ever show, Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories.
0: Thanks, Vanessa. On Unsolved Murders, we take you to the scene of the crime, putting listeners in the moment as we investigate thrilling and disturbing cases. Every week, I get excited to tell a new crime story, whether it's digging into cold cases on unsolved murders, or here on Today in True Crime.
1: And I'm so glad you could join me to cover today's thrilling crime story. Carter will discuss some of the historical aspects of Soapy Smith's final shootout, while I'll cover the narrative.
0: Absolutely. Let's get started.
1: Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13.
0: Now, let's go back to July 8th, 1898, in Skagway, Alaska.
1: Soapy Smith wasn't having a pleasant evening. That morning, he'd woken up as the uncrowned king of Skagway, a man both loved and feared by the people of his town. But in just a matter of hours, he was despised. He couldn't step foot outside his parlor without being sneered at, so he decided to stay inside, waiting out the storm. And nothing passes the time like a drink. So Soapy poured himself a shot of whiskey, and then another and another. By 6 o'clock, his vision was swimming, but he felt as if he suddenly had a clear perspective on the whole sorry turn of events. He'd been in Skagway for about a year, but he'd been running confidence games on the frontier for nearly two decades, swindling gullible souls with anything from parlor tricks to fraudulent business ventures. By the time he set his sights on the Alaskan gold rush, Soapy Smith was already a rich man. But it wasn't the gold dust he was after. It was the prospectors, the naive newcomers who'd come to make their fortunes in the mines of the Yukon. Soapy had every intention of separating them from their money. So he and his gang made their way to the town of Skagway— they did their best to insert themselves as the heads of Skagway's new underworld. But they were met with resistance. Skagway's more honest citizens wouldn't stand for the Bunko Man corrupting their city. They'd tried their damnedest to build a civilized community on the edge of the wilderness, and Soapy and his gang threatened it all. So they organized. They formed their own gang of sorts, a vigilante group they called Committee of 101. They were determined to drive Soapy Smith and his posse out of town. They just needed an issue for all of Skagway to rally behind. And this morning, July 8th, they'd gotten it. Soapy's men had separated a Canadian miner from his gold. But this time, they didn't steal from him under the guise of three-card Monte or a rigged bet. This time, they committed robbery. Soon enough, the word got out, and the citizens were furious. The town's entire economy depended on miners. A bad reputation could ruin them all. The Committee of 101 began gathering citizens to take action against Soapy and his gang, and as the day went on, their numbers grew. As soon as he caught wind of the insurgents, Soapy took to the streets himself, assuring citizens that his men had won the gold from the miner fair and square. But perhaps for the first time, Soapy's smooth talking got him nowhere. So here he was, holed up in his parlor, drinking the hours away, and weighing his options. Around 9pm, one of Soapy's associates walked into the saloon and handed him a note with an urgent message. The crowd was growing, and growing angrier. He'd better act now. So Soapy tossed back his last shot of whiskey. He was ready. Brimming with liquid courage, he slung his Winchester rifle over his shoulder. He would crash the committee's vigilante meeting and wield a bit of his charm to calm the horde. And if that didn't work, he had other methods of persuasion. The Alaskan summer sun was beginning to fade behind the mountains as he stepped outside and began marching towards the town wharf, a small entourage in tow. His men stopped when they saw committee guards at the wharf's entrance, but Soapy strode on, furious. Frank Reed, a bartender and the only armed committee man, stepped forward to meet him. The pair traded curses and threats. A scuffle ensued. Then they reared back, pulled out their guns, and fired. Both men were shot in the leg. Reed fired another round into Soapy's arm. Soapy returned the favor, but this time, his bullet landed right in Reed's gut. As Reed collapsed, Jesse Murphy, another wharf guard, ran over and pulled the Winchester out of Soapy's hands before he could shoot again. Then Murphy turned the rifle on him and fired a bullet right through Soapy's heart. Soapy Smith, the Wild West's most notorious conman, was dead in an instant. Coming up, the aftermath of Soapy's death. Now back to the story. On July 8, 1898, notorious conman and crime boss of the American West, Soapy Smith, was killed in a shootout in Skagway, Alaska. Though a gunshot through the heart killed him instantly, the other man, Frank Reed, wasn't as lucky. My guest host, Carter, is here to discuss the aftermath of this infamous gunfight.
0: Thanks, Vanessa. When the shooting ended, Soapy Smith lay dead on the wharf. Frank Reed, meanwhile, was alive but badly wounded. Soapy's shot to his stomach left him in agonizing pain. After 12 harrowing days, it killed him. Though Jesse Murphy fired the killing shot, Reed would be remembered as the man who released Skagway from Soapy Smith's iron grip. The committee of 101 immediately got to work removing every trace of the con man from their town. No sooner had the gun smoke cleared than Soapy's men were rounded up and arrested, The mayor and the United States Marshal, who were also suspected of being under Soapy's influence, were thrown in jail too. And when they were finally released, they were all run out of town. Soapy, meanwhile, was given the dignity of a Christian burial, but the minister's sermon at his funeral was telling. It included a line from Proverbs 13, verse 15, which reads... Good understanding gains favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Ultimately, after traveling the country and building criminal empires across the frontier, Soapy Smith was laid to rest beneath the town where it all ended. But Soapy's death isn't the last chapter of his story. Soon, reports about Soapy Smith's legendary shootout started cropping up in newspapers across America. And while the people of Skagway saw him as a scoundrel, the rest of the world began to make Soapy Smith into something of a frontier hero. The Rocky Mountain News of Denver, Colorado reported that Smith died with his boots on and a cigar in his mouth. Others glorified his death in similar ways, waxing poetic about his guns blazing death. Before long, Soapy became a mythic figure of the American West, or as he's often called, King of the Frontier Con Men. And whether as a villain or a romantic anti hero, he is still the stuff of legend. The gun-slinging con artist has been portrayed in nearly every medium, from novels to television to films, even video games. Perhaps the one place Soapy Smith's glorified legacy hasn't overwritten history is Skagway itself. Visitors only need to take one look at Frank Reed and Soapy's twin gravestones to understand... Frank Reed is laid to rest underneath a large granite monument complete with a grand inscription that reads, He gave his life for the honor of Skagway. Just a few feet away, Soapy Smith lies buried beneath the modest gravestone bearing no accolades, just his name, age, and the date of his death.
1: I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again for joining me today, Carter.
0: Well, thanks for having me. You can find my podcast Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: To learn more about Soapy Smith, check out the episodes of the ParCast original Con Artists, which explore the life and crimes of the Wild West Swindler. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Garland, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson.